guys, welcome to episode 163 of SwiftCast. This is Steph, Adam, and Ashley. So we have a smaller crew for you today, but we have a lot to discuss. This week has been very busy for Taylor, although she's been very quiet and hasn't been spot out very much. Some things happened that have had her name plastered all over the news. Specifically, it was first revealed that Taylor had written the lyrics to This Is What You Came For, the Calvin Harris song that was released right around Coachella this spring. And so that created a lot of news surrounding Taylor. And then the second thing that just happened that is just overtaking the news everywhere this week is that Kim Kardashian released Snapchat videos of Taylor's phone call with Kanye West, which we have briefly discussed in some earlier episodes. So we'll be talking about all of this news in our main discussion. So stay tuned for that. For now, though, we're going to go back to some of Taylor's older tweets. Our first one is a funny one. It is from July 12th, 2011. Taylor wrote, Searching for my glasses, a task that would be so much easier if I only had my glasses. <laughs> we were just talking a while ago about whether Taylor had LASIK surgery. Whether we thought maybe she ever got her vision corrected through that, but... I don't know. She definitely has been spotted wearing glasses in the past. Yeah, but I feel like I was going to ask in the recent history, I feel like there's not too many pictures of her with glasses, but can you recall off the top of your head anything recent where she has them? Actually, the most recent one I can think of is it was the morning after the Rhode Island secret session. So just a few weeks before 1989 was released, and she posted that photo of herself in the back of a car, and she was wrapped up in a blanket, and she had her glasses on, I think. Okay. But again, that was almost two years ago now, so I don't know. Our next one is from 710 of 2013. Taylor tweeted, I feel like I'd definitely get along with people roughly 45% more if they know all the words to You're So Vain by Carly Simon. And that's cool because... Taylor sang You're So Vain with Carly. It's always been an important song to Taylor. I remember before she tweeted about how she had a fight over dinner with people about the lyrics of the song. The next one is from July 11th of 2014, and Taylor tweeted, Just saw a screening of The Giver. Honestly, I can't believe I got to be a part of something so poignant and beautiful. My head is spinning. And... In case you didn't know, back in 2014, Taylor played Rosemary in the movie The Giver, and it was a small role, but she did a fantastic job, and I just noticed the other day that The Giver is available to stream on Netflix, so if you have not ever seen it, you should go watch it now, because I thought Taylor did a great job for having such a small role. She really made an impact in the film. And weren't you and Ashley fortunate enough to attend that screening? Was that the same one that she's talking about? No. Ashley and I went to one in August. It was actually the week before she announced 1989, which happened on August 18th of 2014. So that previous week, Ashley and I were lucky enough to go see The Giver 
and Taylor and the whole cast was there at the screening and but they left actually at the beginning they did introductions and everybody went up on stage and then when the movie started I kept thinking in my head wow I'm watching this movie while Taylor's watching it too we're sitting in the same theater I felt like I was at the movies with her but then at the end I realized she actually had left so sadly that didn't happen but it was still really cool and it is a great movie Cool, yeah, that's an awesome experience. Well, the next tweet comes from the next day, July 12th of 2014. Today I had the actual thought, time to start brainstorming what Christmas presents to get people. Then I realized I may have a problem. It's really funny to look at this tweet in hindsight, because we know that Christmas in 2014, Taylor did the Swiftmas gifts to fans. That's right, so she probably did start doing some shopping and looking for gifts well in advance. Our next one comes from 710 of 2015, so last year. Taylor says, If you're lost, and you can look, and you will find me. Heim after Heim. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Heim joins the 1989 World Tour. So that must have been the very first date that they played. Right. I think so. They were so awesome. I was so impressed by them. I really was, too. I think they're going to be releasing new music maybe this fall or shortly. So it should be fun to see what they have in store for everybody. Two nights later, on July 12th, 2015, Taylor tweeted, Last night, the incredible Nick Jonas sang Jealous, and 60,000 people sang it with us, slash, screamed uncontrollably. And you were there. I actually was. This was at MetLife, and it was awesome. I was glad to get to see it. Man, these tweets from 2015 make me want to go back to last summer when it was tour season. I know. It really does, like we've mentioned on previous episodes, just kind of creates a big hole in your life when you don't have a Taylor show to look forward to. Well, as we mentioned earlier, we'll be covering some of the big news items from this past week in our main discussion. But we also had some other pieces of news from the past week. So we're going to move right into keeping up with Swift. Well, our first piece of news is something that Taylor does quite often and is always good to see her doing. She went to make a surprise visit to Lady Salento Children's Hospital in Australia. And it's always good to see her do this type of stuff. And some of the patients there posted photos after the fact, and it's nice to hear them tell some of the stories that they told. For example, the hospital staff was told that, you know, no paparazzi were going to be there, and they didn't want the staff or the patients to tweet anything about it for the time being, because then the paparazzi would show up. So it really was just Taylor and the patients and their families, and they got to spend uh, a lot of good time together. It is always great to see Taylor visit hospitals, and she really makes people's days just by being in people's presence, really. She always says that she wishes she had the power to heal, and I think she means to cure people of terrible diseases, but she really does have the power to heal because she makes these people's days so much brighter just by being there. And I also thought it was really cool how she sang Shake It Off with some of the patients. 
In our next piece of news, Taylor's new Fall Keds collection is now available. Do either of you guys have any of her Keds? Um, I have a few pairs. I think my favorite pair is probably the cat ones. They're black and they have a cat on the side. Ashley, you have some, right? I do. I have a few pairs. Um, I also have the, the black ones with the cats. I think they're the sneaky cats. Right. And I think they have a few versions of that now and maybe a few other colors that I saw. I thought I saw that too. Yeah, so it's definitely hard not to want more kids, but I feel like it's hard to justify right now at least to get a couple of new pairs. Yeah, you should check out the collection. There were a lot of different patterns and colors, and I think it's interesting that Taylor's working with kids on a new collection. This partnership has been going strong for so long. And in another piece of news that we'll be talking about more in detail shortly during the main discussion, after it was revealed that Taylor wrote and sang on Calvin's song, This Is What You Came For, just within 24 hours of that revelation, the music video was viewed over 10 million more times. And I think those numbers have remained steady since last week. Yeah, the power of Taylor. Yeah. The song also climbed up the charts very quickly and went up to, I think, as high as number two on iTunes. And in more music video views news, Out of the Woods hit 100 million views, and that makes Taylor's 21st Vivo certified video. I think also at this point, every single music video that's official from 1989 is now Vivo certified. So that means the only song that is not yet Vivo certified is New Romantics, which I would expect will someday become Vivo certified. Well, next we have some mini-segments for you. We have some good Swifty problems to read. So our first Swifty problem comes from at CleverChloe24. She says, When you have never seen Taylor, although she's come to you 19,890,000 times, they're not going to Texas either. Swifty problems. Yeah, that's always a bummer. Our next one comes from Heartbreak National Anthem on Twitter. I missed the days of the 1989 world tour, and I didn't even go to it. Swifty problems. That's a big problem. Not being able to go at all to the tour. Hopefully they have Apple Music and can watch it anytime they like. Our next one comes from Rachel DeJesus. She wrote, Last Kiss lyrics all over my timeline because it's July 9th. Hashtag Swifty problems. That is always a holiday for Swift fans. July 9th. It is. And it's also the same day Taylor wrote a post right before Red was released. So it was July 9th of 2012. And she wrote a post about how she just met in this big executive boardroom and made a lot of really important decisions. And she ended the post with stuff is about to happen. And that was, I think, an iconic post from Taylor because we knew that a new album was quickly approaching. Our next one comes from at Ken Swizzle underscore. They say, I need to stay up for another hour to tweet a Taylor Swift lyric at the exact time, but I'm so tired. Hashtag Swifty problems. 
and that was from July 9th, so I'm sure they were trying to stay up until 1.58 a.m. I think so. And our final Swifty problem is from at Katniss Swifty, who tweeted, Taylor is in Australia, and I'm dying. Swifty problems. Must be an Australian fan who is excited that she is in her country. Yes, and hopefully Taylor will stick around for a little bit more. And thank you to everyone for sending us your Swifty problems. If you have any Swifty problems, please feel free to tweet at us. We are SwiftCast13 on Twitter, or you can just use the hashtag SwiftyProblems, and we'll cover your problems on the next episode of SwiftCast. For now, we have a few fashion items from Taylor's time spent in Australia. Our first one comes from visiting Lady Salento Children's Hospital in Queensland, Australia on July 12th. In those photos at the hospital, Taylor was wearing frame Antibus stretch denim shorts in white, $200. And she had Ray Adele sandals in washed denim, $175. And in our next piece of fashion, this was when Taylor was out shopping at Kukwai in Gold Coast, Australia on July 14th. She wore cotton on the classic short tall, which was $34.95, but it's on sale for $25. Adidas Stan Smith leather sneakers for $129. And a Jerome Dreyfus mini Momo crossbody bag, which was $465, but is now $232.50. So some of those are sort of affordable. If you would like to see photos and get links to these items, please visit tastewithstyle.com where you can find all of that information. So as we mentioned earlier, for our main discussion, we have two pieces of news to cover that are too extensive to just talk about briefly. The first piece of news we're going to talk about is the fact that Taylor actually wrote the lyrics of Calvin Harris's song, This Is What You Came For, and she also sang a little bit on that song. And this news was just revealed last week. Yeah, the original songwriting credits were given to Calvin Harris and Niles Soberg. And I don't think a lot of people caught on. I, I saw a few posts online questioning who that person was back when the song came out. Um, but I think at that point, you know, nobody thought that it was Taylor. Right. I think amongst ourselves, the co-hosts talked about how there were some rumors going around about this, but we didn't cover it on an episode because we just didn't know if it was actually true. And it turned out that it was. So Taylor's pen name loosely translates from Swedish to English as champion, which is the Niles part, and then the rest of it is of the sea hill which is the Sogborg. I just thought that was interesting. Champion of the Sea Hill. And we know that Taylor has a house in Watch Hill, Rhode Island. And I think some people actually figured this out even before the news was revealed. So there are definitely some very good investigative fans of Taylor. Absolutely. 
But so going back to when this track was released, it was released on April 29th, 2016, and originally credited Calvin Harris and Niles Soberg as the writers, and then of course singing by Rihanna. But then on July 13th, so this was last week, TMZ reported that the track was co-written with Taylor Swift, who used that pseudonym because they did not want their relationship to overshadow the song. And then the track became a point of contention upon its release when Calvin, in response to being asked about the possibility of collaborating with Taylor during an interview with Ryan Seacrest, said that he can't see it happening. So that was interesting because he kind of had to fib there because he obviously knew that they had worked together on this song. Right. And as Adam said, TMZ reports that that was the point of contention between Taylor and Calvin. And I think they wrote that Taylor felt she was disrespected. Now, again, we take all of these articles with a grain of salt. I think it's important to do that. But I could see why. Taylor would be upset by that. And then to confirm that TMZ report, Calvin went on Twitter and he wrote that, yes, Taylor did write the lyrics and that she contributed some vocals while he wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it, and cut the vocals. Um, and he also confirmed her previous request for secrecy as a co-songwriter. And then everything started to go a little bit south after that. Calvin decided to start tweeting about how Taylor and her team were trying to go out of their way to make him look bad, and that if Taylor's happy in her new relationship, she should focus on that instead of trying to tear him down. And then I think the tweet that probably got the most attention, but not necessarily the most retweets, was when Calvin said, I know you're off tour and you need someone new to try and bury, like Katie, etc. But I'm not that guy. Sorry, I won't allow it. So these were just very hard-hitting tweets. They were. He really, really took a shot at her with that last one that you read. And of course, as is expected, everybody had to get in on this drama because everybody likes to try to remain relevant by using Taylor's name. So you have Katy Perry tweeting this sort of passive-aggressive tweet using a GIF, and there are just a slew of articles taking one side or the other, and it really was kind of a lot of madness with this whole story last week, and we didn't know that things would get even crazier later. Yeah, I thought that when the news first came out, it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. Yes, it was surprising, but oh, okay, Taylor wanted to keep it a secret because, you know, maybe she just wanted it to be his song or whatever, and she didn't need any type of credit for it. Um, so when we heard that she was a co-writer, my initial reaction was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I still will, you know, hear the song on the radio, and I don't think it will change my opinion of it too much but when calvin started tweeting is when the stuff started to kind of blow up and all these articles started popping up so i think he caused this to be a bigger situation than it needed to be i completely agree i think he overreacted a little bit he did actually lie to ryan seacrest and 
maybe that was at Taylor's direction, but it's not like Taylor wrote the article on TMZ. Taylor released a statement that was really neutral. In fact, people actually got the exclusive when this news was revealed. And Taylor's rep simply stated to people, Taylor Swift wrote, this is what you came for under the pseudonym, Niall Sodeborg. And that was the statement. It was confirming facts that Calvin knew about. Um, so again, I did feel like there was a bit of an overreaction there. And as always, the media latched onto it to tear down Taylor, which is always unfortunate. Yeah. And I was going to point out, I don't know if y'all have thought about it, but I was thinking the other day about how with when we found out that Taylor was on this song or that she also sang on this song, what other artists that she had worked with in the past that she's, you know, sung on one of another artist's songs with them. And I can think of like Don Mayer and let's see, Boys Like Girls. And there was one other artist, Adam, who was it again you mentioned? It was B.O.B. Yeah, and B.O.B. Yeah, so other than those three, oh wait, and Safe and Sound, right? Right, with the Civil Wars. Right. And then another one I just thought of was Breathe, but then again, that was on her own album, correct? Right, that was on Fearless. So yeah, it's an interesting point. She has done collaborations in the past, and I feel like this is the first one in a long time. It really is. Unless you count the Wildest Dream remix as a collaboration, which I don't really. I guess... You mean Bad Blood? No, she also did a remix of Wildest Dreams. Um, She made it really techno. Do you remember that? Oh, okay, but she didn't collaborate with other artists. Right. Well, no, it was it was another artist. I forget their names. Do any of you remember? Uh, I don't. I don't. But then just that made me think of another one that we missed was, of course, the Bad Blood remix because of Kendrick. Yeah. So I guess that would have been the last one. And the Wildest Dreams remix was with a group called Rehab, I think. It's R3HAB. That was the remix. It's pretty good if you've never heard it. So we wanted to briefly look at the lyrics and what the song might be about. The lyrics are actually quite simple. There are not too many different verses. Um, and then the chorus is, you know, pretty repetitive in the song. Um, but one thing that you guys should go listen to that you can obviously hear now that you know the facts is where Taylor's voice does come in. So it's during the part where the lyrics say you ooh a bunch of times repeated and the first time that those lyrics are saying that is all Rihanna but then when it's repeated the second time the key changes and I don't know about you guys but I can obviously hear the difference and that the key switches and it's definitely Taylor's voice in the second part yes you can definitely tell and when we were all talking amongst ourselves about this rumor that was going around, Adam definitely thought way back then that it was her. I was more skeptical, but now I can definitely hear it. But one thing I will say is that the song was not on the radio nearly as much as it is right now. So I wasn't really hearing it on the radio. And now that it's on all the time, I can easily detect Taylor's voice during that part. 
So what do you guys think the song is about? Do you have any ideas? Well, I think some people probably would criticize Taylor for writing these lyrics because I guess it could be sort of viewed as narcissistic of her to be writing this if she was writing the song as how Calvin feels. But I don't necessarily think that's fair. As we just talked about, Taylor has written many songs and she writes from all different perspectives. And I think a perfect example that Ashley just mentioned is Safe and Sound. She wrote that song based on a novel, and she just stepped into the characters of the novel and wrote it based on that. So I don't think it's really fair to just jump to the conclusion that she was writing this song for Calvin as how Calvin views her. Well, also keep in mind that Taylor was only a co-writer. Calvin was also a co-writer. So it was a collaboration and a combination of the both of them. So with that in mind, I kind of do feel that it is about Calvin and Taylor's relationship. And it is from his point of view. And here's where I kind of get that from. And it might be a stretch, but this is just what I thought of the first time that I saw these lyrics and heard it. The chorus has the lines... This is what you came for. Lightning strikes every time she moves, and everybody's watching her, but she's looking at you. So what that made me think of was a 1989 world tour show that Calvin was in attendance at, and he often spent his time in the back at the sound booth. And those lyrics make me think of everybody's watching her, meaning the whole audience, the whole crowd, is watching Taylor on the stage. But she's looking at you, meaning she's looking at Calvin in the sound booth. Think that's plausible? I do like that. And I definitely think there were lots of times when Calvin was at the show and you could see Taylor trying to interact with him while he was standing in the sound booth. Yep, absolutely. I guess I just thought my understanding was that Taylor was the only lyric writer and Calvin did the music in production okay that i'm not a hundred percent sure about so yeah i don't know but i could see taylor writing it from that perspective i just feel like people are trying to tear her down and say that oh taylor wrote a song about herself which they as adam said collaborated and worked together on it so even if taylor specifically penned the lyrics i'm sure they talked about the subject matter of the song before she actually wrote the lyrics. And before we move on, I know, Steph, you had one connection that you made or something that was intriguing about a, a previous song that Taylor released. Oh, yeah. I just thought about how in the lapse between Red and 1989, Taylor was very quiet, much like she is right now. And we didn't have any new music. But then Sweeter Than Fiction was released for the soundtrack for One Chance, which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. But that song really, I thought, was a great way to foreshadow what 1989 would be like. Because Sweeter Than Fiction, I think, has a 1989 sound to it. It sounds 80s. It's poppy. And here we are, again, between albums. And this is the first time we've had new music since 1989 was released. Although I don't think this is foreshadowing of what 
album six would be like given the status of taylor's relationship with calvin i don't really think she'd probably want to do a full album with this sort of theme but i don't know i could be wrong but yeah it's interesting to think about because as we mentioned many times you know we're in this break time and who knows if we have an album coming in a few months or not but technically this is new taylor music despite the fact that it wasn't branded like that uh a few months ago well and as the second part of our main discussion i think the bigger piece of news that has caused a lot of controversy over the past 24 hours we're actually recording this within 24 hours after everything happened and this part of the main discussion is about kim kardashian releasing the videos of taylor talking with kanye on the phone and kim released those to her snapchat after a keeping up with the kardashians episode aired so this whole thing started way back before the grammys so probably january or february of this year when it was revealed that kanye had this song called famous and it had some lyrics about taylor and We've discussed this on previous episodes, but the lyric involving Taylor was, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. And it also says after that, I made that swear word famous. So after the song was released, Kanye said that Taylor herself approved the song and approved the lyrics. And we were all a little bit shocked by that. And soon after that, Taylor's publicist did release a statement, and the statement said, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single, Famous, on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong, misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that be famous. And that was the statement we got. And... After that, we had the Grammys happen, and of course, as we all know, Taylor took home Album of the Year for 1989, and in her acceptance speech, Taylor, I think she tried to veil her comments as being directed at Kanye, but they were clearly directed at Kanye, and her acceptance speech was as follows. As the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice, I want to say to the young woman out there, there are going to be people along the way who try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you will look around and you will know it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. This was a great speech. Everybody applauded Taylor. And again, even though Taylor didn't say Kanye's name in the speech, I think everybody thought it was directly aimed at him. But hearing that speech again, and its message, while yes, I agree it is directed at him, I almost feel like it wasn't necessarily directed regarding the song Famous and those lyrics. I almost feel like and I know it was seven years ago, but regarding, you know, taking credit, I feel like it goes all the way back to the 2009 VMAs when 
people said that Taylor Swift became famous because of Kanye, because of that whole incident. I see your point, but I just think because she won Album of the Year in 2010 and she didn't make a speech like this, I just always thought it was related to the song. Yeah, and of course that had just happened. Like, I think it was literally a week or days before the Grammys, so. And I do think, though, that her speech could be taken very generally. It has a general message and has a great message right. to people out there that you need to focus on your work and and realize that you're the one who's doing the work and that's why you're achieving success. So after all of this happened, I think really news of the song kind of disappeared for a while and then Kanye released the awful music video and just included wax figures of celebrities, including Taylor. And it was, I thought, just terrible. So after that, the song was back in the news a little bit. And after that happened, Kim Kardashian actually was featured in GQ magazine. So in this GQ feature, Kim referenced some of Kanye's tweets that he made shortly after the song was released, way back in January or February, where in his tweets he said that Taylor had an hour-long conversation with him about the line, and she thought it was funny. And after Kim brings up those tweets, she says Taylor's statement about the fact that she never approved those lyrics was essentially false. And Kim went on and said that she had clips of Taylor approving this song. So it was revealed that apparently Kim and Kanye had this video of Taylor approving the song. And a lot of people came to Taylor's defense. We covered that on an episode a little bit and just talked about positive messages relating to Taylor and some of the journalists who came forward to defend her. And then I think things were quiet really for a few weeks, but then after this Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode, which covered, apparently, Taylor, I don't watch the show, and I don't intend to watch the show to see what was actually covered, but my understanding is that Taylor's mentioned in this episode. Yeah, I actually saw a clip from it. I didn't watch the entire episode, but there was a clip posted on YouTube from it, and... So Kim was just basically talking to her sister about the whole Taylor situation and that sort of thing. And she actually brought up the VMAs that we all know of from years ago and about how Kanye didn't mean that anything personal against that as far as personal against Taylor, that it could have been anybody up on that stage winning this award, but that he wanted to say something in light of Beyonce's song, you know, that Single Ladies was a huge song at the time and he felt he needed to get up and say something about it okay well apparently after the episode aired kim decided to release all these videos to her snapchat there's several clips and so they're very disjointed i think and sometimes they get cut off in places where i really would like to know what's missing from these clips but we wanted to just briefly summarize them for you and in relation to the exact lyrics that we're talking about, you 
can hear Taylor say something like, I'm this close to overexposure. And then Kanye says, I think this is like a cool thing to have. And then Taylor said, I know, I mean, it's like a compliment, kind of. And again, I'm, I'm guessing that's related to the, I feel like Taylor and me might still have sex line. Who knows? We never actually hear Kanye read the line, so we really don't know. But Taylor actually thanked him for being forthright with her and respecting her enough to approach her. And then Taylor is also mentioning, she said, it's more provocative to say might still have sex. There's not one lyric that hurts my feelings and one that doesn't. And this was after Taylor told Kanye to choose whichever lyric he preferred, which was confusing. Again, this whole thing, I feel like, is very disjointed and doesn't make a lot of sense because they're definitely talking about two different lyrics and Taylor tells him to go with that, with whichever one he prefers. So I'm unclear as to what she actually was read. I understand that she's referencing the might still have sex in some of her comments, but I feel like I would be a lot more clear on the details of what happened if I could just see the full video. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe they'll release the full video at some point. But the way it was presented was so disjointed that, I mean, you never know if it's been edited or changed in any way. But regardless, it seems like Taylor at least had some indication of what the song was about and what the lyrics were entailing. Yeah, I know a lot of people, when they were talking about it, they were even saying, you know, that that doesn't sound like Taylor, you know, that that can't be Taylor. You know, there's so many technologies nowadays that can basically kind of make a voiceover and make it sound like, you know, I guess who you'd like. And so, you know, that was even questionable. And kind of same for me when I was watching it. But then there's a point in the videos the clips that we do see where she references the flowers that he had given her and how she, you know, made the Instagram post of like her and the flowers and how many likes it's gotten and that it's one of her most liked pictures on Instagram. So that right there kind of was like, oh, well, yeah, then it, you know, must be her. Another interesting thing I found was at the end where Taylor was One of the lines she says is, I'm really glad that you have the respect to call me and tell me that as a friend about the song. It's a really cool thing to do and a really good show of friendship, so thank you. And then this part was really interesting to me. She said, and you know, if people ask me about it, I think it would be great for me to be like, look, he called me and told me the line before it came out. Joke's on you guys. We're fine. You guys want to call this a feud. You want to call this throwing shade. But right after the song comes out, I'm going to be on the Grammys red carpet and they're going to ask me about it. And I'll be like, he called me. It's awesome that you're so outspoken like this. So that just makes Taylor's statement that we read earlier so questionable because she obviously, based on this phone call, did almost have a plan in mind, which she completely did a 180 on when she accepted that Grammy for album of the year. That's true. I agree with that. But 
one thing that's been consistent in all of Taylor's statements is that she was unaware that Kanye was going to use the term that B word in referencing her. And so I have to wonder if, yeah, when they had the call, that was the plan and Taylor would have gone with the plan. But then when she realized he was calling her such a derogatory term, she did have a 180 and made the speech and released the statement. And the statement says, Kanye never told Taylor he was going to use the term that be in referencing her. And that narrative has been consistent throughout. Right. And here is Taylor's statement for you guys if you have not heard it yet. She responded very quickly after these videos came out. And here is her statement. Where's the video of Kanye telling me he was going to call me that B in his song? It doesn't exist because it never happened. You don't get to control someone's emotional response to being called that B in front of the entire world. Of course, I wanted to like the song. I wanted to believe Kanye when he told me that I would love the song. I wanted us to have a friendly relationship. He promised to play the song for me, but he never did. While I wanted to be supportive of Kanye on the phone call, you cannot approve a song you haven't heard. Being falsely painted as a liar when I was never given the full story or played any part of the song is character assassination. I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, one that I have never asked to be a part of since 2009. And so again, that all seems consistent. But I think my issue is that in her acceptance speech, she really was focusing on the famous part that people will say they're the ones who made you famous when it really was you working hard for all of that success. And the videos clearly show she was going to go along with that. So did the use of the term that be just make her completely unwilling to support the famous line? Yeah, I can definitely see that as being how it played out. I mean, it does make sense. It does. I wouldn't appreciate being called that word in a song that the whole world is going to hear. So I could see why she would then make her speech about having people try to take credit for your fame. But I will admit, as a Taylor Swift fan since 2006, it's a little disappointing. I feel like Taylor gave us most of the truth. Maybe Kim and Kanye gave us some of the truth, but the real truth is somewhere in between all of this. That's very true. I'm sure there are both true and false things that have been said by both sides in this situation. And no matter what, we will always support Taylor in everything. But I think it's important to know that she's human. She's not perfect. She makes mistakes. And I think this is an example of when. She may have made a mistake here. She's being absolutely slaughtered in the media today. And I thought her statement was really quite good and got to the point. And some of these I thought were really nice, concise points, like the being falsely painted as a liar when I was never given the full story or played any part of the song is character assassination. So I think she did make a lot of good points, but it's clear she will be suffering from some backlash from this whole thing. And like you said, we'll always support her as big fans. And if you think about it, this really is pretty minor 
compared to, you know, if something really bad happened, if she got arrested or did something illegal or something like that. This is almost almost a silly drama, which, of course, is going to play out in the media because it's her, a huge superstar, and it's Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, two more huge superstars and, you know, pop culture giants in this country. So it's going to be played out in the media and people are going to write about it and people are going to talk about it and they're going to take sides. So we'll see. I think you're absolutely right, though. This is a lot of drama over something that should not be that big of a deal. I think as a result of the people you have involved, specifically Kim and Kanye, it's been blown up to be much bigger than it actually is. And this goes back to what I always say, that people use Taylor's name to gain publicity for themselves or to stay relevant. And a lot of times that's just infuriating because Taylor has done nothing other than go visit a hospital in the past two weeks. And yet she has all these terrible negative articles written about her right now. And there's nothing she can really do about it. Right. That's the crazy thing. She has been over in Australia and she's been photographed a couple times and she went to the hospital and that's basically it in the past two weeks. And yet there's been so much news about her. So we will definitely keep you updated on anything that comes about with this. And if you have any comments that you would like to make about the whole thing or anything else, there are several different ways that you can contact us. We're available on Twitter at SwiftCast13. We're on Tumblr at swiftcast13.tumblr.com. We're on Instagram at instagram.com slash theswiftcast13. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at www.swiftcast13.com. Also, if you could please press the subscribe button on iTunes, then that will download each new episode of SwiftCast for you automatically. And finally, before we go, I think this is going to be tough this week. For the next week, what do you think Taylor will do? Well, I don't know the accuracy of this, but I can definitely see it happening. Um, I heard that Tom is supposed to be making an appearance at comic-con in san diego this week which starts on wednesday so that means obviously he'll have to be coming back from australia so i'm sure taylor will come with him and they'll both be in california maybe in la for a little bit uh since san diego is so close but i'm gonna keep it simple and say that i think we'll get some paparazzi you know dinner shots of taylor and tom out on the town in la or san diego I could also see that. I think Taylor will be coming back to the United States, and I think she'll probably lay low, as low as she can. And if we do see her out and about, it will probably just be some paparazzi shots. Oh, and speaking of Taylor and Tom, one thing that we did not mention on this episode was that Tom specifically said that he and Taylor are not making a music video. We actually covered that on last week's episode. I thought it was a really fun discussion and fun to speculate about, but he came out and said that that's not the case. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Steph. I think 
she's gonna lay low when she comes back and I know she hasn't seen her cats in a while so maybe hang out at home in her apartment with her cats and post some funny videos of Meredith and Olivia. That would be great. We have not seen them in a while. Yeah, and it's always good to see photos and videos of them because they're funny. Well, whatever happens, we will talk about it next week on episode 164. For now, for episode 163 of SwiftCast, this has been Steph. Adam. And Ashley. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.